Welcome to Queens of the Drone Age, your friends in tech. I'm Amanda Yeo, and with me today are two of said friends, Ray Johnston. Hello, I am a said friend. And Tegan Jones. Hi, I'm a friend said. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Always trying to be different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The word weather is derived from the Germanic phrase, we're air, which means the air around us. Oh. That is absolutely not true. I just made that up. (laughs) Like, Webster's Dictionary defines weather as... (laughs) I thought to myself, this is an unusual way for Amanda to start an episode because she's such a talented wordsmith to go with the dictionary definition intro. (laughs) (laughs) But she's really phoning it in today. Like she's had a lot on this week, clearly. (laughs) Just goes to show we don't know that much about weather. (laughs) Weather rules our lives, impacting everything from the activities we do to what's available to eat to even our emotional state. And with global warming rapidly changing our climate, the weather is getting wilder and more severe, leaving us to figure out how to navigate it. So today we're talking about weather from sun to showers to snow. And I'm going to kick it off with a little discussion about La Nina. Oh, La Nina, the Mm. wet and rainy one that won't leave us alone. That was a cool summer that we had, wasn't it, fellas? Mm. (laughs) Well, I hear a lot of people talking about La Nina, but... Does anyone actually know what it is or what it means or how it works? No one asks, how is La Nina? (laughs) What is La Nina? Why is La Nina? (laughs) But how is La Nina? Never how. (laughs) (laughs) So earlier this month, the Bureau of Meteorology upgraded its La Nina watch to an alert, which basically means that we're three times more likely than normal for this phenomenon to occur. And that means we're looking at wetter and colder conditions over the next like three months Mm. until November. And that also means higher likelihood of flooding here in Eastern Australia again. Yeah. I like that's had two options. It's like, what would you like, flooding or fires? Hmm. (laughs) Let's have both. Just alternating. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, in the very least, we need to give Amanda another reason to have to drink the Mitsubishi water. She- <laughs> <laughs> Get all that humidity out of your house. For anyone who hasn't listened to that episode, it's literally called Don't Drink the Mitsubishi Water, wherein Amanda pondered whether or not she should be drinking the water that her humidifier pulled out of the air. And Mitsubishi replied to her in all caps, I believe. <laughs> To be fair, like, if you're pulling it from the air, it seems like it should be fine. No. Mitsubishi said no, Amanda. No, Amanda. No. No. They're just jealous that I thought of it first. So I thought I'd explain what La Nina actually is. Good. Thank you. Yes, please. Basically, it's a change in the Pacific Ocean's temperatures. So normally there's cool water in the eastern Pacific Ocean and warm water in the western Pacific Ocean, which is right by Australia's eastern coast. Yep. Trade winds will blow warm surface water from the east towards us in the west. Now in La Nina, the cool water in the east is colder than usual, which makes the trade winds stronger than usual, which pushes the warm water closer to Australia. 
So this water builds up and then evaporates and causes rain clouds. And then we all get flooded. Yay. Thanks, La Nina. Good stuff. <laughs> Love to see it. So how do we fight it? Can we fight La Nina? <laughs> I don't know that you can fight it. Like, <laughs> I love your faces like, I haven't researched this, Ray. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Stand outside with boxing gloves. <laughs> Bring it on, La Nina. <laughs> okay, so nothing can be done and we're all doomed. Fantastic. Well, we can fight climate change. <laughs> I think that would probably help. Yeah, I think that would probably help a lot. What we can do, though, is observe everything that's going on really accurately or as accurately as possible. Have you ever wondered how we get weather reports? Yes. The man on the TV, sometimes a woman, <laughs> yeah. will stand there in front of the map yes. and be like, rain is coming. And sometimes they're right. Yeah. Nate on ABC Breakfast wearing a waistcoat. Oh, I love that guy. Just predicts things out of his brain. Yeah. No, actually, it all comes from <laughs> weather satellites. And we've got about 160 weather satellites that are in orbit around the planet. And Altogether, they're creating about 80 million observations every day about our weather. And the sensors on these satellites that scan the Earth, they take measurements of all of the reflected light and they also take infrared temperature measurements. And then they digitise all these measurements and send them back to Earth where we turn them into images so that we can understand what the weather patterns are looking like. And and there's two different types of weather satellites. We've got polar orbiting satellites and they're at low altitude. They're really low and they're around the North or South Pole. And they monitor the whole planet and they're usually doing this over a length of time between 10 days to a month around about. And all of the information and data from those polar orbiting satellites are used to forecast the weather, predict what it's going to do. So are those satellites able to just be like, because they're predicting, right? So yeah. they can be like, man, La Nina is like heading back towards Australia <laughs> and she is pissed. Yeah, the next three months are not going to be fun for you guys in Australia. That's basically what the polar orbiting ones are doing. I like to think they're talking to each other exactly like lads. <laughs> Oi, South Pole, South Pole, you seeing this? Yeah, man. Get a load of this, mate. <laughs> yeah, Northy, mate. It's not looking good, eh? <laughs> I like that they've both got really thick Australian accents. They're like, you know, me and Lenina, we hooked up once. She's like, <laughs> top first. <laughs> and El Nino, we don't discriminate around here. We don't. We don't. We don't. <laughs> All right. Wow. That went on a tangent. I'm going to tell you about geostationary satellites now. Wow. So the geostationary satellites, they're uh, high altitude and they're sitting at the equator. They're in the middle of the planet and they're going at the same speed that the Earth is rotating at. So they end up just continually monitoring one section of the Earth. And these are the satellites that can track cloud formations and large storms and you know, things like fires as well. So those two satellites kind of work together to get us all of the data and info that we need to predict the weather and see what's going on all around the planet. I love that. Who owns these satellites? Australia doesn't actually own any satellites, any of these. Not made of coal, so we're not interested. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, our space industry is expanding. We might have our own weather satellites soon. This is true. But no, they're mostly, well, they are all from the US, Europe, India, China, Russia, and Japan. Okay. So look, Australia is looking at launching our own weather satellites and that will come with, you know, different kinds of advantages for more weather prediction to the Bureau. But yeah, for now, we're relying on international data to find out what's happening on our country. Well, didn't we learn a bit about that over the Tech Leaders Weekend as well, Mm. that they're looking at ones that will be, well, we need ones that are specific for Australia, like for actual habitat that is native to us, like eucalyptus, especially when it comes to predicting fires and things like that? Yeah, definitely. You know, the more localised information we have, the better we can work to protect our country, for sure. Yeah. So hypothetically, could those countries just be like, you know what, we don't want to tell you what the weather's going to be like anymore. You just got to figure out yourself. Hypothetically, yes, but realistically, (laughs) no. It would mean we have like zero allies anywhere, including in Europe, where, you know, the country that technically owns us is. So I doubt that will ever happen. (laughs) (laughs) Mummy. Mummy. Mother. Mother, please share your weather data. Mother. (laughs) Oh, no. You know what's really sad? Within our lifetime, we're going to have to go, Daddy. 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 Father. (laughs) Instead. The Queen's going to be gone and we're going to have Prince Charles as our king. I know. If anyone to call daddy, it's not Prince Charles. Oh, like, God. that ain't it, is it? I don't love that. I really don't. I don't love that. Oh. Give us your weather reports, daddy. Okay, no, I don't stop like it. that. Stop that. We need to move on. <laughs> So, of course, all of the information that's coming from these weather satellites is being turned into data that we can then access through a bunch of different agencies, including our own BOM, our Bureau of Meteorology. I think there's nothing more really Australian just going, I'm just going to check the BOM. Check the BOM. Like any other country is going to be like, what is happening? (laughs) And look, the BOM app is pretty good, but I have a different weather app that I also like to use, kind of in conjunction with BOM, because I find BOM is really good for, you know, warnings that we need to access quite a lot because I live in a flood zone and also in a fire zone. So (laughs) fantastic. You've got dueling weather on either sides of the road. I really do. Fight, fight, fight. The fire's like La Nina's mine and the flood's like you get away from her. Go to sleep dreaming about like Charmander and Squirtle having a battle (laughs) in a Pokemon gym somewhere. Anyway, the, the other app that I really like to use is called Carrot. Have either of you used Carrot? No. No, because I can't find them at the store because there are no vegetables, (laughs) but I feel like maybe it's a different carrot. It is a very different carrot. It is spelt like carrot, but it's in all caps, which I love. It's a weather app. I'm going to say straight off the bat, the iOS version rules. The Android version is buggy as hell. It drools. It does drool. Thank you, Tegan, for that. Yeah, it took us back to primary school. I'm totally in primary school right now. And it gives you current forecasts, hourly forecasts, daily forecasts. It's also got a full weather app on your Apple Watch, which is really handy. You can get notifications coming through on there. Gives you a heads up on, you know, any rain that's on its way, severe weather alerts. And you can also get a daily summary about the 
the weather for the following day. It uses a couple of sources for its information, like AccuWeather, Climacell, Dark Sky, all the big ones, so that you can kind of switch between them to get a better idea of what your forecast is. But my favourite features of this app that I have not seen on any other weather app is it has treasure hunts. What? Ooh. Is this like geocaching or something? It's so much fun. So it will give you a clue every day that you open it. There's like a little clue and you hunt down locations on the world map based on the clues that they've given you. And you like tap on it to see if you're close. And it tells you like how strong the signal strength is coming from the area that you need to zone in on. So it's things like go find the only remaining ancient wonder of the world. Is this Carmen San Diego in weather form? It's Carmen San Diego in weather form. And like you're getting achievements. The more weather events you experience in your daily life as you like live and it detects where you are, you get achievements. Oh man, Australia. <laughs> so, like, I'm doing pretty well at this game. It's pretty <laughs> messed up when you're like rooting for a natural disaster for your gamified weather app. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> like a milder form of storm hunting. I need to 100% my carrot app. I need to like stand in a. Well, I have been in a Category 5 cyclone, but not while I had this app. It's oh like, I feel like you should be able to get like a recognition of prior learning for the achievements. In this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've been in two Category 4s and like two category fives, a few category threes, just give me the achievement carrot. Anyway, (laughs) it also gives you achievements for traveling around the world. The more places you visit, the more trophies you get. Yeah, get those carbon emissions up for the weather. Absolutely. And my (laughs) other favorite feature and probably the one that it's most well known for is this app has some personality and you can change its personality. So for example, if you go into the settings, you have a personality slider, right? So it starts at professional, then goes to friendly, then it goes to snarky, then homicidal, which is described as carrot may threaten you and your loved one's bodily harm. Yeah, great. And Ooh. then it goes to overkill. Carrot will sometimes make creative use of profanity in her forecasts. I love this. But you can also adjust the politics of that snark. What? You can choose from apolitical, centrist, liberal, conservative, libertarian, communist, or anarchist. So your daily weather update will be accompanied by a little phrase, depending on what you've chosen on the political spectrum and what you've chosen on like your snark meter. So it's like, it's raining cats and dogs out there today, comrade. Yeah. So (laughs) give me a combo that you would like. I want a snarky communist. Okay. So snarky communist and then I go back to my like main weather page it says the sun god is taking a well-earned nap I think that's just nice I don't think that's snarky I think that's just (laughs) being like interesting let's go back to just friendly then and see what it says okay oh no wait it just changed I have a secret base on the moon would you like to come visit that doesn't tell me anything about the weather no no it's it does it's not meant to it's just like a little thing oh what about homicidal then okay let's go homicidal there's also overkill if you want to go all the way oh i want both we're getting there okay homicidal and what political spectrum would you like to be on 
You can choose this one, Amanda. Conservative? Okay, homicidal conservative. Great. (laughs) It's just like there's no such thing as climate change. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, it says, thank the maker that global warming is a hoax. Otherwise, you would be in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it when I joke and then it's real. <laughs> Let's go like overkill. Anarchist. Anarchist. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. I tried to make a cow jump over the moon once, but apparently cows cannot survive in a vacuum. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. You can share this forecast with your mortal enemy to serve as a formal declaration of war between your families. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> oh, I'm forecasting a 13.6% chance that the night ends with a prison guard bending you over for a cavity search. Wow. Yep. Whoa. I love that. And is that localised? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Look, it does have your exact location in this app, as most weather apps need to, but I'm not sure the personality aspect is is tailored to whether or not you're in Western Sydney like me or not. <laughs> Wow. I just also love that this is just called Carrot for no reason. And frankly, I don't want to know why. Yeah, no, I plan to never research why it's called Carrot. I don't think it makes any sense and I'd prefer to keep it that way. Good. (laughs) So you know how we said before about how ha 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 can't control the weather? You can though. Yeah, you heaps can. So Like, remember how when we were kids there'd be, like, cartoons or whatever where the villain was, like, trying to steal or build a weather machine and that was confusing? Yeah. Usually that was in stark contrast to, you know, the the movies or TV shows where you just got some witches on a beach doing some chants. Yeah, like, those are the two (laughs) options um, of our childhood, frankly. But, no, it turns out that weather machines and weather manipulation is very much a thing that has been done by science. Yeah, and it's got nothing to do with, like, chemtrails. No, no chemtrails in sight, actually. (laughs) This is freshly in the news this week where China is actually having to look into doing some cloud seeding, which is basically where you make it rain. You make it rain because, you know, I mean, we've seen this all over the world over the Northern Hemisphere summer that there's a lot of drought at the moment. It's really hot everywhere. So China's had to look at battling droughts with cloud seeding operations. So basically things like cloud seeding airplanes, even ground-to-air cloud seeding missiles, which is just absolutely wild to me. It's just like sending catapults into the clouds. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, this is not new for China. Basically in 2018, it launched the world's largest weather control machine where it was actually able to modify the weather across an area the size of essentially Alaska. That's huge. That's a big, big bit of land. Absolutely. So basically it would induce artificial rainfall. And actually that was not even the first time that um, China had done this. They did the opposite during the 2008 Beijing Olympics to make sure there was a rain-free event. So it wouldn't rain. So this has been happening for a really long time. The way this worked is that installing like tens of thousands of like little chambers. And in 2018, it was in the Tibetan plateau. So up in the mountains and produces like fine silver iodide particles that would go up in the atmosphere into upswelling winds. And then it would go into the atmosphere and it would act as kind of a nucleating point of the condensed water that was already up there. Right. So then the water vapor in the air would form clouds and then eventually rain. Look, it makes perfect sense. It still feels fake. 
It feels so fake and magic and, like, unnatural, even when it's helping people. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, it's really, really wild. And, again, obviously it's um, really important when there's things like droughts going on, so that's really important. Other ways that this has been used is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or the NOAA, has looked into hurricane and tropical cyclone manipulation to try and make them less severe or to stop them altogether. So that's still being researched in a number of different ways. For example, using lasers to discharge lightning in storms if it looks like they're likely to become hurricanes, things like that. However, and it's a big however, (laughs) unsurprisingly there is a reason why all of these childhood cartoons had villains using this kind of technology. I know. What's Elon Musk doing now? (laughs) No, you know what? We're going back way further than that. Way, way further. I'm sure it's happened multiple times, but a really famous example is when it's been used by the military. Oh, yuck. Yeah, like the US military. Oh, yuck, Hmm. yuck. And this was actually back in the late 60s and early 70s. So we're going back pretty far. This was called Operation Popeye. And it was used to prolong a monsoon in Southeast Asia. So that way it would mess with like the tactical logistics of the Vietnamese army. Oh, wow. Yeah. Basically, when it came out that it was used, this kind of weather modification in literal warfare was, you know, banned. Yeah. (laughs) As it should be. (laughs) Yeah. But look, I wouldn't be surprised if it's been used in other places as well. Yeah. So... One of those things, once again, where technology can be used for good as well as extreme evil. (laughs) See, I always thought weather manipulation would be like a really cool, awesome thing because when I was a kid, I'd look at Storm from the X-Men and think Mm. like she could just go to places that are having drought and just make it rain. Totally. It's a great solution. But people are not always good. That's the problem that we have. And when you put this power in everyone's hands or if you put this power in the hands of the people with the most money it's mm. never going to be used for the greater good of all of humanity i think oh this is sad tegan this cool thing is sad well maybe not like we were just talking about la nina and all of the issues there with climate change and maybe there is a way to utilize this technology to if it can't reverse things at least maybe help i don't know but I, I would hope that we can use it for good. I hope so too. I mean, imagine having the power to change the weather and you decide to use it for war. I don't know, man. When I read it, I kind of felt like I should have already assumed that. I was deeply unsurprised. It was kind of like a my bad for not realising that's exactly how it would be used. Oh, no. And that's it for this episode of Queens of the Drone Age. Thank you all for joining us and thank you, Queens, for hanging out. Thank you. I'm going to go make it rain. (laughs) Queens of the Drone Age abides by the MEAA Journalist Code of Ethics. Any advertising for the show is independent of our editorial opinions, which are not for sale. Any product recommendations we make are honest, and we take them very seriously. Queens of the Drone Age is made by us. You can find more information on all the things we've talked about in our show notes at queensofthedroneage.com. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode, and give us five stars. Please. Thank you. (laughs) Not four. Not three. Not two. Not one. We asked very nicely, so I feel like we deserve it. Absolutely. Thanks. And leave us a review. We like your words. Yeah. I like words. They convey things. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see you in the future. 
owns these satellites? Me. You do not own those satellites. <laughs> oh my god! Can anyone really own a satellite? Yes. 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 <laughs> Elon Musk, especially. <laughs> 